Welcome to the Bible Conversation Podcast with Chris, Dan, and Dylan. Let's have a conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Bible Conversations. We're very excited to be here with a really good friend of ours, Everett Chambers. He's one of the members here at uh, Keller, and he's not only a friend, but he's really a mentor to all of us. Uh, we look up to Everett. He has really encouraged us over this past year with um, our study of the Word and um, and our skills uh, being ministers of the Word and preaching the Word. So, Everett, we're really excited to, to have you on here and, and be talking with you today. Excited to be here. I don't know why you tell anybody. You look up to me and <laughs> like a foot taller than me. <laughs> but anyway, no, it's, it's great to be here with you guys. Yeah. Excited to share. And, and one of the cool things that, that we're really having Everett on is to talk about uh, mission work. Everett is very involved in um, missions around the world uh, with the Cong- with the, the body of Christ around the world. And to start the conversation, I want to bring up something that's pretty recent um, that was just very evident of the, of the body of Christ, the, the strength of that body around the world. Um, it was back in November that Everett and a couple other guys um, that he works with organized a, a Zoom meeting. And I know sometimes when we think of Zoom, it's like, ah, work meetings. <laughs> and, and I think we've kind of gotten tired of Zoom by now. Um, but this was something that was good. It was so encouraging to see um, over 200 um, screens on there. And some of those screens had congregations full of people. And so way more than 200 people. They were a um, couple hundred, probably over 500 people, yeah. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and we were able to get together there on Zoom and go into breakout rooms and, and have classes and, and study the Word and, um, and dig into it and, and see like-minded Christians around the world see more parts of the body around the world. And so I just wanted to kind of jump in with that and, and see any takeaways that y'all had from that event that, uh, that was organized and, and really how it was just eye opening to, to see the body of Christ thriving around the world. And, um, I don't know. What, what are y'all thinking? Yeah. So I'll go ahead and jump in real quick. The zoom meeting was, Phenomenal, like you know, like you said, you know, 150 to 200 different screens, and uh, from all over the world, from, from India, from England, from um, America, from Brazil. I think we had, uh, I mean, just Costa all, Rica, Costa Rica, all over the world, and it was uh, so encouraging just to just to see everybody there. And you know, we had, uh, I think, the majority of people were from India, and so we had certain rooms uh, where they uh, spoke. Uh, was it Tagali? Telugu. Telugu. It was, it was close, but uh, not quite there, but Telugu. And so certain rooms would only speak Telugu, and certain rooms were a mixture, and certain rooms were only English. And um, being able to be in the, the room with everybody where we had translators, that was just that was something special to, to be praying and then have the prayer be translated into Telugu and to hear the same prayer in two different languages was really awesome. Um, and, and it kind of reminded me of uh, some of the mission work I've done in uh, in Nicaragua, where we would be singing and this, the song would start in English and then the the people who lived in Nicaragua would, would sing in Spanish and it would just go back and forth. And it just to know that the gospel, you know, just like it talks about in Galatians, there's 
neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, neither male nor female. We're all one in Christ Jesus. It's really encouraging to to see that play out yeah. and to see it play out so clearly. One of the cool things is, as you're saying, you know, it's neither Jew nor Greek. One of the things that I think of is it's bigger than than us. You know, it's bigger mm-hmm. than just here at Keller. It's bigger mm-hmm. than even yeah. Texas. It's bigger mm-hmm. than America. Mm-hmm. The gospel is bigger. And sometimes we have a tendency to almost put it in a box mm-hmm. and say, I can wrap my mind around that. This is the message for this culture. And um, and we can apply it to them to Americans easier because that's our culture. But the message of Christ is so much bigger than that. So, Dan, did you have any thoughts to go along with that? Uh, I thought the the um, experience was, was great in the time that I was uh, present on the Zoom meeting. Uh, one of the things that impressed me, you know, right away was, I guess I, I long for the day when we're not, uh, you know, prevented by these language barriers. You know, I was listening to Everett talk and he had to stop and then talk and then stop and then talk. And uh, it's an amazing thing, of course, that we can continue to get the word out throughout the world and translators and helpers. But Man, I, I long for the day, I think, when we all can be gathered together and we're not prevented by these barriers anymore. We will know each other as we are and see each other as we are in, in, in spirit and uh, the likeness of God in heaven, and it'll be a great day. But it was a wonderful opportunity to, to be part of that. Yeah. So one of the reasons that, that we had it on Zoom is because every I think I remember correctly what you were telling us is that typically during that time every year around Thanksgiving you actually take a trip to India to go visit the Christians over there mm-hmm. and because of the circumstances that we're in you weren't able to do that mm-hmm. and so you organized mm-hmm. this massive Zoom meeting so I know it's different from what you normally mm-hmm. do but what was one of your favorite things that that was that came from this um, I know it's out of the norm but. Was there something that you're like, this was actually really positive because we were able to do it online? Well, I mean, we reached a, a larger group than we would even have reached had we gone to India. Because people would come from as far as 800 kilometers away to these meetings we'd have in Hyderabad. And occasionally we've been to Vijayawada, but that's only two states. Mm-hmm. Well, people tuned in from all over. The yeah. world, Indians from literally all over the world, tuned yeah. in from the UAE, from America here, from Canada. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some of the facilitators, the people who actually led the discussions were Indians who live all over the world. Yeah. Um, so that was fascinating. But a couple of thoughts struck me. One was that it was God who confused human language. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, but yeah. I'm glad for English because most people in the world speak some English, or yeah. even if they don't speak, they, their comprehension, I don't know if you guys know, but you cannot be an airline pilot that flies internationally without speaking English. Oh, you wow. have to. Mm-hmm. And it's, the, uh, it's the lingua franca. Yes. Just as, uh, I believe, what was it, uh, back in the Greek, used mm-hmm. to be the lingua franca. Most people yes, in the world knew Greek, and now mm-hmm. today it's English. Yeah, so it was it was interesting, and I'm wondering if, if the Lord... Regretted, you know, he regretted that he had made man destroyed. <laughs> like, yeah, I should give them the ability. And then I thought about, well, why not give us the gift of tongues, you know, so we can speak. But but no, seriously, there were 25 nationalities. Like last hour was 29 that I, that I counted. But I think one moment you 
not a lot of people know about. That was that on the Tuesday night, it lasted Monday through Friday, a beloved sister went home to be with the Lord. And um, it's a sister whose daughter is a member of the church too. And I baptized her granddaughter. And um, we were studying about the resurrection of Lazarus. And so it was like, my mind was just like, this is crazy. So she will be resurrected. And the Indians who lost that sister, they really centered around that. And they really realized, they, 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 they jumped on the word of the Lord. There was, and she was a beloved sister. And she just, she had dinner with her family and never woke up. And they just said, well, we'll see her again. And because we were studying this, it was so real. And they went and buried her on Wednesday. Because while we're sleeping, yeah. they bury her and then they show up. Wow. For the for the event the next mm-hmm. like just like all in stride. That that shocked me. I'll never wow. forget that. Cause you know, and they told me I thought no, and I got out my phone. And I saw a picture of her standing there with her daughter while I baptized her grandmother, uh, her granddaughter. Wow. And I thought, this is, this is too much. So, and, and, you know, we focused on the fact that Jesus knows and cares and even in our darkest hour, he is aware. And whether you know it or not, he's working behind the scenes for our good. So those Indians, had a chance to wrap their heads around that in the most personal way. Yeah, and speaking of that, it it cre- it puts them into the scripture. It mm-hmm. puts them into wow, I can I can really be in this story when mm-hmm. something in my life mm-hmm. happens like that because you see, th- this lady she she's gonna rise again someday. She's gonna when Christ comes back, she's going to rise up and and, and we're gonna be caught up into the clouds with him. And, yes. Um. And that's so amazing. But if we want to get into scripture real quick, if I can take y'all to Acts chapter 17, um, what you're talking about here with um, these Christians being in the word, these these folks in India being in the word um, and having something from their life that even engages them more in the word. It reminds mm-hmm. me of the folks in Berea um, that are written about in Acts chapter 17, starting in verse 10. It says that, that Paul and Silas were sent away from, from Thessalonica, and they were sent away by night to Berea, and when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews, the ones there in Berea, were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness. Now, I'm sure that reminds you of those folks in the yes, re- receiving yes. the word with yes. eagerness, um, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. And just like you said, they she passed away Tuesday night. They buried her Wednesday and then Wednesday night, we, they got to go back and examine the scriptures, mm-hmm. examining the scriptures daily, mm-hmm. um, being in the Word of God, being mm-hmm. so devoted to that—that mm-hmm. is so incredible. And and we kind of lose track of that also here mm-hmm. in America because our lives tend to be so busy. Mm-hmm. Um, we we all own our own cars. We all have jobs that keep us running. Our cell phones have us connected to to work and to things all the time, and. Yet because of that busyness, we have a tendency not to be in the Word daily. Yeah. And when we slow down and, and take a chance to 
to realize the importance of Scripture were in the Word daily. Well, and let's build the bridge a little bit because over here in Acts 17, you know, Paul was going to to reveal the Messiah, mm-hmm. who, who is the Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were prepared to receive this message mm-hmm. and look for themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, as we come over the 21st century, maybe ever you can tell us, what was kind of the, the, the goal here with this, this meeting in particular? Mm-hmm. What, what were you trying to reveal? Well, to these? We, we were trying to, we're trying to make sure people are not just like, I'm, I attend this church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm no longer Hindu or Muslim or I, I'm don't, I'm not a part of a denomination, but that they were following Christ. And we thought about, let's trace the, the relationship that these two sisters, Mary, Martha, and their brother had with the Lord and how that relationship developed and how in the greatest stress of their life, the death of their brother, when they sent word for the Lord, the Lord didn't show up. And it seemed like they were abandoned by him and they had grown to love and trust him, but he had not abandoned them. He he was working according to God's plan and and you know, with regards to the death of this sister, the the the, the big verse in 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 John eleven where the death of Lazarus is recorded, Jesus says in verse twenty five, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. So that's for that sister. But what do we who are alive get? He says, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And that's what he asked Mary. And then she replied, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. So the whole point of the thing was to, um, are you connected to Jesus? How closely are you connected to him? Is he, um, are you drawing on his power to live the life you're living? Because Jesus truly is the answer. And in this dark time that we're in in the world, uh, this with, with the, the, the virus and economically and politically, Jesus is still Lord. And he says, this is his guarantee. And I love when he asks, uh, uh, Martha, that I misspoke a while ago. You know, Martha looked like at first that she was cooking food, not she said, No, I believe. Moreover, she made the same confession that Peter did. Mm-hmm. You are the Christ. And 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 so the whole point of the thing was to connect people, to e- encourage people to examine and strengthen their connection to Christ. And as a result of that connection, use that to empower them to share the good news of Christ. You know, and um, I just found that everywhere I go, people are surprisingly, I got to say, interested in knowing more about Jesus. They really are. I mean, you know, uh, this summer I've had the the pleasure of first baptizing my, my, my buddy from law school. And I fantasized about baptizing him for years. And this year, I remember thinking, he lives in Houston. I am going to go to Houston, study with him, and baptize him in his pool. And I started praying about that. And then, I didn't need to. He came up. <laughs> and we all were there standing yeah, around. That, that was an amazing event. Yeah, it, it was yeah. on a Sunday night yeah. after... Yeah. Um, 
even worship, we were outside having a picnic with the young families, and um, all of a sudden, Everett shows up with a friend, and uh, we're like, all right, well, let's just all go in the building, we can sing some songs uh, while they're going to get changed, and, and then you baptize your friend, and yeah. um, those are some of my favorite memories. And what's so special about that is I had talked to him three months before and said, candidly, your, your, your faith in God is astonishing to me. You wouldn't think he's a top oil and gas lawyer in Texas, writes a book, a textbook for students studying in school. But he has a strong faith in God. Yeah. So I'm like, where did that come from? And he told me he used to go to church. His parents did not take him. He was picked up by a bus and bused into church. And then he would spend the night with his friends sometime and go. And I said to him, you know, you need to become a youth minister one day. And it, yeah. so it was to me ironic that all these young people were at his baptism. Because, That's awesome. Yeah. And now the great news is I have a study with him and his wife yeah. every Tuesday night. And we're making our way through John. Yeah. And we're confident she will take on Jesus as yeah. Lord. And I remember yeah, you yeah, telling yeah. us last fall, yeah, um, yeah. just a couple months after yeah. you had baptized him, mm-hmm. that you'd get calls from him late at yes. night, and and he'd say, "Hey, I just read all of Matthew. I can't believe this happened." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, uh, he yeah, was so yeah. fired up about the word. And I guess I don't know if you guys were there when he spoke on. He was on this Zoom thing, and we just oh, asked really? him to. Yeah, because the last day was, "Are you using your voice for Christ?" Yeah, and so he was like. Asked me to teach the law, not. I said, "Well, how about God's law?" And he spoke, and people were like, "This is a." You mean he was just baptized like three months ago? He was just, you know, and and he every week he shows up to our studies, having devoured it. The questions they ask are amazing. The questions she asks are amazing. You know, they're both lawyers, so they're bringing this analysis to the yeah. word, but the word can't stand up to scrutiny. So, I mean, I've not, you know, I might be having a terrible week and then they come on on Tuesday night and it's just fascinating to hear them. And they're like, you know, I, I'm like, I'm so thankful for you guys. Know that. No, we're thankful. <laughs> and they strengthen their marriage yeah. and their relationship with their daughter. Wow. Because they now have Bible studies as a family where they're, you know, just really studying the word together. Yeah. Led yeah. by dad, who is like, you know, well, our most, my most precious moment with him was I met him somewhere off of I-45 and he shows up with his Bible and his notebook under his arm and we're sitting in this restaurant and we're just studying. Yeah. We're just studying, and he's asking these questions. And these people are coming over. Are you guys ministers? He's like, no, I'm a lawyer. <laughs> a lawyer. <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, so it's, it's wonderful to, to see that people are interested in you. And well, it, it I was feel like, like, oh, yeah. go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, th- I feel like a lot of what you say when you talk about connecting with Jesus, and I think you did this in, in with the India meeting, and, um, and you, you might have more to say about this in a minute too as we talk about your work but i feel like a lot of what you say when i hear it is you know you're making you're trying to make jesus real to people 
And, and that's what I, I see so much in, in Everett's work is, you know, he tries to make Jesus real to people. I imagine people in the first century, you know, you start talking about Jesus as the Christ. Oh, Jesus? Yeah, I heard about him. No problem. You know, he, he's a real guy. But now let's talk about him being the Christ. Now, 2,000 years later, you know, we're kind of in this stage in Christianity where people are kind of like, does that stuff really even happen? And Everett kind of comes and he tries to make Jesus real to you. He is a real person, yes, obviously, but, you know, making him real, like a real person that you connect with, you have a relationship with, that's so much of what you do, Everett. And, uh, I know you've hit home with us, I think, a lot of times with that, try to emphasize that, and I see you do that with others uh, that you're ministering to. Even now, I know, um, again, you might mention some of those things in a minute, but um, in Co- some of our brethren in Costa Rica, mm-hmm. you're asking them, do you know Jesus? I mean, do you really know Jesus, are you praying? Are you talking to him? You know, <laughs> and Chris, you might have a yeah. So, you know, Dan, as you're talking there about what Everett does, uh, just kind of reminded me about really how this podcast even started, um, and really it started after having discussions with Everett. Uh, they're sitting down and studying the Word. We we went over the Book of Galatians uh, very thoroughly. Uh, first, I remember the first study we had. You know, you, you said, all right, sum up the book of Galatians. And the three of us kind of, at least in my mind, we kind of struggled to give even a remotely adequate answer, right? Like, the, I think we had a decent answer, but it wasn't adequate. It did not consist of what... We kind of focused on the things that just stood out to us yes. instead of looking at the picture as a whole. Exactly. And uh, and so, you know, as we went over that and as we went over, you know, our... our preaching and different aspects of that, we, we started to realize that the discussion of the scripture was absolutely just unbelievably important to our development of understanding. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a huge part of what you're trying to emphasize is that you have to be in the word. You have to dwell in the word. And uh, that, that reminds me of Joshua chapter eight, uh, excuse me, Joshua chapter one, verse eight. Uh, you know, and, and this is talking about the, the old law, but I think it's very applicable to us today. Uh, in verse 8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And just the idea that we as Christians should be meditating on the word day and night. We should be contemplating it. It shall not depart from our mouth. In other words, we should be speaking about it. Well, if all we do is go through and read our Bible, we don't talk about it. We don't discuss it. We don't ask questions of it. uh, We don't do anything other than just read. What are we really gaining? Are we really growing from that? And so I I think it's very crucial what you were not just attempting to do, but what you are doing with so many people. Uh, and, and I know I've seen within my own life, within the last year, a, a huge spiritual growth uh, from, from the impact that you've had on me. And um, it's, I think it's so, so important that, um, that we go out and teach others that you have to be willing to look deeper into the Word and ask questions. And as you suggest, Chris, meditate on He who is the living Word. Yes. Because Jesus is the living word. Yeah. I think one of the turn the big light bulb moments for me this year was one of my mentors is a Jewish man who lives in France. 
And so I remember saying to him, and I've been trying to teach him about Jesus, really. And I remember saying to him, and I was trying to run a test. I said, Michael, I believe that even if Jesus is a fictional character, he's the answer. And his reply stunned me. He said, Jesus isn't a fictional character. It's <laughs> great. Yeah, yeah. He says, I believe sometimes people present a fictionalized version of Jesus, but I believe the things, the little I know about Jesus, I'm impressed. And so I told him about Jesus and the woman at the well. And we were Zooming or uh, FaceTiming. And I noticed his face was just like getting more and more radiant. What is going on? And he said, so that's where that comes from. One of my favorite songs is he gave her water, but was not, but it was not from the well. Yeah. <laughs> so then I said, so Michael, in that story, what stands out to you? And without hesitating, he said, the compassion of Jesus towards the world. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, he's God. He knows everything about her, but he didn't, that wasn't his focus. What she had done is what she could become. And he sat there and waited for her and engaged her and fully like she was a human being, like she, she was worthy. And by the time she finds out that he knew all about her, she's like in shock because she, first of all, she had said, why are you a Samaritan man? I mean, a Jewish man talking to me, a Samaritan woman. Are you out of your mind? And, and so I realized that there are people in the world who, they may not look like they're interested in um, spiritual matters, but when you present Jesus and his love and his compassion, as Paul says in Ephesians um, uh, 3, rooted and grounded in the love of Christ, you know, that it surpasses knowledge. That, that, that makes all the difference. And so I just decided that the focus is for me is not to, you know, well, do you want to study the Bible? That's to do you want to learn more about Jesus? Because he said, though man means something different, but he said to Nicodemus, when I'm lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And you know, talking about his, his crucifixion. But yeah, if you lift Jesus up in a conversation, what are you gonna do? You're gonna argue with love? Yeah. You're gonna argue with there's nothing yeah. bad to say about mm-hmm. the way that Christ lived mm-hmm. his life. That, there is yes. there is nothing against like you said. Are you going to mm-hmm. argue against love? Are you going to argue yeah. against compassion? Mm-hmm. Um, the the Pharisees tried. They were face to face with Christ, and they could not argue yes. against mm-hmm. the things that Christ mm-hmm. was doing. Mm-hmm. You, are you going to argue against someone who says, "Don't stone this woman. Mm-hmm. Forgive her." Yes, you're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, when you lift Christ mm-hmm. up um, mm-hmm. in conversation, yes, but also yes. to people yes. in their lives, yes, yes, that's where the change happens. Yes. Yeah. Um, as John presents him at the beginning in his prologue, he said, he was full of grace and truth. Yeah. Truth without grace is condemnation. Even the murderer on death row doesn't want to be condemned. Mm-hmm. And then there, the concept of grace doesn't make sense without truth. Because yeah. right. the truth is <laughs> you've messed up. Your, your life's a mess. You've, mm-hmm. you've disobeyed God. You've shaken your fist at him. Mm-hmm. But he'll forgive you. If you but repent, if you ask him, 
If you, that's why Jesus came. Remember, the most famous verse in the Bible is John three sixty. Yeah. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But people forget verse 17, where Jesus said to Nicodemus, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Over and over again, Jesus would say, Look, the word I say will judge you at the last. But my purpose here is not to condemn you. It is to enlighten you about the love of God and about who you are and about getting you to check. So that's that's the message I've calibrated to in this past year. And you know, we talk about missions and Dan, I know this is close to your local missions. You know, because right now I study with my friend and his wife. And then I'm studying with another friend and his wife. We study every other Thursday night. In fact we studied Three three Thursday nights in a row because we missed some over the holidays. And when I asked them, this is also shocking. I said, "Would you would you guys want to get it to study about Jesus?" And she was, "Yes." I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" I expected him to be the one who said, "I mean." She's like, "Yes, I grew up. I don't know anything about these stories." Wow, she's on fire doing these stories, and they're bright. You know, people and the insights they bring and they do their homework. It's crazy to see their interest. And, you know, I was supposed to go to Jamaica and they're like, well, can we Skype? Even though we're, or, or Zoom, even though we're suffering from, as you suggested, Zoom fatigue. We don't want to fall behind in these studies. And another story is my friend, uh, lives in Colorado and, He's getting married in October, and he's uh, like, you know what? I'd like you to talk to me and my fiance before we, we we get married. And I'm like, I don't counsel He said, No, no, no. So I we got on and we I I asked her first time, what 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 are your expectations? She said, Well, you know, maybe give us some pointers for. I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. But I can introduce you to somebody who he'll be there with you during yeah. during your marriage. And he'll give you the best advice. So we started studying. What do you know? We studied John 3 and John 4 mm-hmm. simultaneously. And we emphasized, what is Jesus saying to Nicodemus? And he's like, this, this is crazy. Huh? What is he saying to the woman at the world? Who appears to be more open to Jesus? Than? And so eventually... I, you know, after we went through it, like for two weeks, we like, so well, what are the practical applications of this? She said, I guess I need to be baptized. And so the day before their wedding, his dad baptized both of them wow. in Colorado. They baptized Friday morning, they get married Saturday morning. And, and, and it's all about Jesus. It's like, what will you do with Jesus? And, I, th- yeah, I think exactly. one of the important things that you just mentioned is, you know, I can't help you with counseling. I can't tell you how to make a marriage work, but I can introduce you to someone that can. One of the one of the big things that holds Christians back from from studying with their friends, from, from telling them about mm-hmm. Christ, about the scripture, is I don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to study with someone. But the word that you just said, mm-hmm. let me introduce you. Mm-hmm. You you know Christ, mm-hmm. obviously. If you're in, mm-hmm. in the body of Christ, mm-hmm. you you know Christ. Mm-hmm. Introduce mm-hmm. him to mm-hmm. someone who doesn't know mm-hmm. him, 
Um, and in these discussions with your friends about Christ, you're going to learn more about him. Oh, absolutely. Because they're going to they're gonna bring insights as you're studying. The thing is, I don't consider myself anything but a facilitator in these studies. Yeah. I can ask questions. Mm-hmm. They, And it's been so cool because you look at John 1, you know, John introduces a couple of his disciples to Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God. They follow Jesus like you want. I don't know how he asked to that. Yeah. I keep figuring out his tone, but I can't. <laughs> but they were like, well, where are you staying? Come and you'll see. And then they spend the whole day with him the rest of the day. Before you know it, Andrew's like, Simon, you got to come. Dude, we met this guy. and he, He's the Messiah. And you know the rest of the story. My favorite, though, is is how Jesus finds Philip and says, I'm going to uh, Cana to this wedding. I want you to come. And and Philip goes and says to Nathaniel, you know, hey, we found the Messiah, the one about who Moses wrote in law, Jesus of Nazareth. And he is like, Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth? And my favorite thing is, his, is Philip's reply. Come and you'll see. The proof of the pudding is in the eating. And it's not like Philip himself could discourse deeply about Jesus, as, yeah. as you're saying, Bill. He couldn't. Yeah. At that time... Philip just met him. Yeah, he had stamped <laughs> thickness, but come and you'll see. And yeah. it's it's so dynamic that if you are trying to teach Jesus to others, you yourself are learning, and you're learning together. Yeah. I mean, I could yeah. tell you 50 yeah. things I've learned this past year, which I didn't know, and I learned it from these people. Yeah. Because they have insights. They've got a mind. The Lord is opening their hearts to respond. So it's just been the most exciting thing ever. We work with church in London. And uh, so people tune in from all over the world. We baptized a woman from Ghana, one from Milan, Italy, and one from London itself. As they listened, you know, it was like crazy. How are we going to baptize? <laughs> Number one, there's COVID, right? Yeah. And you're going to fly to Milan from London to baptize us when you can't even, they're not, the borders are closed. So yeah. We've searched and found a local church. And, you know, it's just, you know, we saw a video of this woman, you know, finding a local church there in Ghana and going on into the bush to be baptized <laughs> in a river. It's just like, whoa, this is crazy. And it's, they're interested in Jesus. I think the the crux of all this, I, I know we're we're kind of getting close to wrapping all this up, but the, the crux of all this here, I think, really comes from the Great Commission. Yes. Uh, from Matthew chapter 28, 19 and 20. I'm finding in the other ones as well. This is just the one I go to. But uh, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I, Jesus, all that I have commanded you. Mm-hmm. And behold, I, Jesus, am with you always to the end of the age. And so this this whole discussion here has really been, at least the way I've seen it, has been about, number one, Jesus. Yes. It's been about the fact that we need to learn, learn and know more about Jesus. And then two, it is not our job necessarily to teach Jesus per se, but it is our job to introduce people to Jesus. And allow Jesus to teach them about who he is. And allow Jesus to teach us more about who he is. And to have Jesus be at the center of our lives. Mm. And I think if if we can wrap that 
in our minds, if we can understand that this is not about me, it's not about Everett, it's not about Dan, it's not about Dylan, it's about Jesus and Christ, it becomes so much easier to talk about Jesus. It's a lot easier to talk about something that uh, that you're passionate about, that you love, uh, when when you're just trying to introduce somebody to it. Just, hey, man, I, I, I love this thing. Let me, let me tell you about it. It becomes so much easier. And I think if we can light that fire, as, as you talked about a couple of your friends having that fire, if we can find that fire not only in ourselves, but introduce that fire to others, what a great, great year this will be yeah. to spread the gospel. And, and sometimes it takes a little bit to introduce someone. Like mm-hmm. you said, your friend from law school. Mm-hmm. It took, what, 15 years yeah, to, yeah, yeah, to yeah, introduce him yeah, yeah. to Christ. <laughs> until and, he was ready to listen. To until he was ready. Mm-hmm. Until he was ready to meet him, mm-hmm. uh, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and you told us a story before we started yeah. about a young man in India who mm-hmm. also took a long time mm-hmm. introducing Christ. Can you tell that story? Well, for yeah, listeners? yeah, yeah. Timothy, um, he was on he was on a uh, Zoom meetup and Everybody who met Timothy is in love with Timothy. Yeah. My friend has a, a daughter, and he's like, um, how old is Timothy? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but Timothy told me a story last week. Or he, he When he was five or seven, I can't remember, he started telling this Hindu man about Jesus, just excited, like, you got to meet Jesus. And the guy's, Jesus? Who is Jesus? Yeah. And so for it a 15 or 13 years, Timothy has been talking to this Hindu man who lives far away. Timothy's father is a gospel preacher, so he'd go with him. And, and, and over the years, Timothy has gone with his father and he said, drop me off. I'll go talk to this man. <laughs> and now this man is 60 and last week said, I want to be baptized. I want to follow this Jesus, yeah. which is no small thing for a Hindu to leave his he could get killed for it. This is not yeah. like something you read about in the Bible. This is real. Christians yeah. lose their lives. But And what Timothy and I talked about is that, what were you saying to him when you were five or seven? What do you know about <laughs> Jesus? He's like, well, I, you know, the way my dad preached about him, I was excited. And I said, Timothy, do you think you know Jesus better and love him more? He says, oh, uncle, so much more, but over the years, as he's learned, he's taught this man. Yeah. So, that, uh, that really kind of reminds me back in, uh, I believe it's Acts chapter 19, uh, that we see uh, the story of Apollos. Yes. Who was mm-hmm. teaching. Mm-hmm. He's teaching and uh, says, verse 25, he had been instructed in the way of the Lord, being fervent in spirit. He spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. Mm-hmm. So he didn't know everything yet. But he was still teaching. He was still talking about it, right? In verse 26, it says, He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And he didn't stop teaching there. He didn't give up because, oh, I didn't know everything, and I don't want to make that mistake again. No, he, and when he wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. Amen. The idea that you have to know everything in order to teach is so false and so wrong. 
And it's just a stumbling block. It's a hindrance. It's something, it's an excuse. And in fact, Chris, in John 7, Jesus himself deals with that. He says, look, you want to know if my teaching is my own? Then obey. Just start. (laughs) Give it a try. (laughs) You know, we... Maybe it's from that that we get the, the, the adage, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. Yeah. Give it a try. And, and you know, when Philemon uh, got his letter from Paul, Paul said, I hope you'll be active in sharing your faith um, uh, because that'll help you to develop your understanding. And we all know that. It's a truism in all spheres of life. So it's been exciting and it's, it's not all over the world. People, yeah. people want to know more. And, and yeah. I, I think that yeah. kind of wraps us up. Um, yeah. To brings us back to a close. It's all over the world. It's in your own backyard, but it's also all over the world. Um, and whether you have a, a relationship with someone who lives right next to you and you say, mm-hmm. can I introduce you to Christ? Mm-hmm. Or whether you have connections mm-hmm. in India or in mm-hmm. England and, mm-hmm. and you tell those people, can I introduce mm-hmm. you to Christ? Or, mm-hmm. or your mentor mm-hmm. in France, can I introduce you to Christ? Mm-hmm. That, that's how simple it is. Mm-hmm. And you learn... Mm-hmm. As yep. as they learn, mm-hmm. and you both grow closer to Christ, mm-hmm. and like Christ was saying, just give it a try. And Jesus knows nothing bad is going to happen when you give it a try. That's right. <laughs> um, Jesus Himself will give you the push you need. Yeah. So, yeah. anyways, it, this is a great discussion. Ever, we're so happy that you were able to join us for this. Uh, it's always encouraging when we get to talk to you and um, and get to visit. So. I think it's about lunchtime now, so uh, everyone who's, who's listening on here, y'all uh, stay tuned and find out how you can contact us. Thank you so much for listening to the Bible Conversations podcast. I want to tell you about a couple of ways in which you can be involved or help us out. You can like us on Facebook and share our posts. You can send us an email at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. You can follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can even leave a review Apple Podcasts. We're also partnering with Ministry League. This is a wonderful app full of so many different resources to help you grow your faith. We love you all. Now let's go start a conversation.